0: (laughs) that was was an incredible start right there a beautiful noise from colin um this is sports talk therapy uh we're recording this on monday december 6th 2021 it is the fourth quarter of the patriots bills monday night football game that has just been taken over by wind uh would would anybody like to describe what we just saw
1: basically it was the equivalent of like you, it's like you're playing golf and the wind is just like absolutely absurd and you're hitting toward like green You and the wind's like left to right and you hit it at the left edge of the green and then it pushes it all the way off the right side of the green and you miss the green to the right by like 15 yards. That's basically what happened on that field goal.
2: Yeah, Colin, this almost as good as Jeffersonville when uh, <laughs> I hit a 400-yard drive. Uh, yes, yes. Colin hit a 700-yard, no, not not quite, but... I, I hit a wedge yeah, shot that
1: a, went back, backwards, went directly a, back at
2: Colin had a trick shot, but uh, quite a windy game, and uh, a lot of grit in this game, a lot of character. and uh, So hard-nosed, old-fashioned
1: does, football, you know.
2: Does Mac Jones come through in the end?
1: We'll see, bro. He, like, hasn't had to do anything in this game. He is thrown... A pass, yeah, like one. a single pass. Singular, admittedly, a sick completion by Johnny Smith. So it was. He, <laughs> it he was did cast. something good for like the first time all year. Yeah, it hasn't been the best. For no, he's been so he's been period. bad. He's been had a tough year. One one of my guys struggling. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so we are going to interrupt this show several times with however this Patriots-Bills game ends. They're currently flashing a graphic that shows the fewest pass attempts in a win since 1970. Uh, It's at two right now, so the Patriots are on pace, I guess, to... to, Oh, he's dropping back to pass! No way!
2: Completion! Maybe! (laughs) All
0: right, who knows. Anyway, we're here not just to talk about the Patriots-Bills game here. It was an incompletion, so it's now one for two. We are here to talk about the rest of the week 13. I think it was week 13 action. Yep. And uh, some moving around in the playoff picture. We're also going to talk about some college football. It was an awesome weekend of college football, and the college football playoff is now set before getting into our usual segments here so, starting off with a game spotlight here. I know we're going to kind of be spotlighting this Patriots-Bills game as the rest of the show goes on. But I'm going to start with another matchup that's uh, usually synonymous with that tough, hard-nosed football cliche. But this game actually ended up going that way. I'm talking about Steelers-Ravens. Steelers get the win over the Ravens 20-19 to here. This was quite a game throughout the entire time after reports of Ben Roethlisberger uh, leaking a private conversation that somehow found its way out into the media (laughs) about his possible retirement at the end of the season. Or he just said that he's not going to be playing for the Steelers. I don't know what other team would sign him, but I'm assuming he means that he's thinking about retiring at the end of the year. Uh, He comes out here and gets them a big win couple touchdown passes to Deontay Johnson, who actually dropped a touchdown earlier in the game, but ended up catching two later on. But the big story out of this game is the Ravens deciding to go for two. At the end of the game, they tied it up with about 10 seconds left. Lamar found Sammy Watkins in the end zone. John Harbaugh rolls the dice to go for two. Calls a perfect play. That worked, but Lamar barely, and I mean barely, missed Mark Andrews for what would have been a walk-in two-point conversion to win the game. How do you guys feel about that call?
2: I'm surprised Lamar even got out of the way and avoided a sack there in that play. I mean, you have to know if you're the Ravens, that the Steelers are going to sell out, they're not going to leave Lamar and let him roll out. That's an automatic touchdown. They went after him like they should. Lamar made a very athletic move, and he had a chance to make a play. Um Honestly, I'm surprised you have to pass off at all. In that situation, I would have either just gone all in with a Lamar run or dropped back and throw the ball. You, you can't really, like, I don't know, you're not going to fool them by doing any sort of motion or action like that. And uh, if you're the Ravens in that scenario, Finn, what do you think about trying to end the game right there versus going into overtime?
0: I like it. I know it's a lot more anxiety-inducing from the fan and pretty much everybody's perspective, but John Harbaugh admitted it in the post-game interviews as well. He was worried about his secondary being banged up. Marlon Humphreys now out for the year, their stud corner. Um, If you think about it, you have a chance to go and win the game right there instead of putting it up to chance that, oh, maybe the coin doesn't bounce the way you want it to, and now you don't even get to touch the ball in overtime. I like putting the ball in your star quarterback's hands for him to make a play. It's what they did in Kansas City earlier this year on that fourth and one where they converted it and then won the game because of it. You don't just get to be like, oh, you know, that was a bad call because it didn't work. No, I like rolling the dice. Either way, I just noticed that Colin is offline. That is very sad. But I like the call from the Ravens despite it not working for them.
2: Yeah, Colin was just so passionate about this that uh, he disappeared. We don't know. But, yeah, I like it as well. Um, the NFL overtime rules in my mind are pretty stupid. And if you're confident in your team and you can get an aggressive win, it feels amazing. But if you lose like that, it's pretty tough. But they're still sitting pretty atop the AFC. Um, after this game, we will see. Maybe not. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the call. i do it again, especially if a dynamic playmaker like Lamar Jackson who you can count on to get that done probably nine times out of ten.
0: Yeah, fully agree with you there. What do you have for a uh, game spotlight this weekend?
2: My game spotlight. I will go with not the Giants-Dolphins game, which is the only game I, I caught part of. Yeah, um, we will go with... Uh... Come on. Come on, Bleacher Report. You can do it. Loading, loading, loading. Ah, there we go. How did I forget about this? We will go with vikings Alliance,
1: Colin Ooh. Squad,
2: they finally got a win. Uh, grinded out. Dan Campbell took out all the kneecaps. Really gutsy win over the Vikings, who, honestly, I don't know what they're doing in this game, but, hey, it's okay. Um, Detroit came out to get on the board. And uh, you get in the win column. Jared Goff actually looking sort of like a number one pick. No, not really, but three touchdowns, <laughs> only one pick. That's fine. Um, they ran the ball. They pounded it down their throats. They beat their kneecaps, and they got a win at forward field. Great for the Lions. And this is just a typical Vikings game, which I wanted to mention. It. The Vikings don't like. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just like sort of there. They'll win or lose by a touchdown every single game. They'll be in it. They'll play sort of hard, and at the end of the game, you'll be scratching your head wondering what exactly happened. And, uh, yeah, that's that'll be my game spotlight. I also want to mention uh, Garner Minshew making his triumphant return as a starter, even though it was for the Eagles against the Jets, which is, like, I, I strongly dislike the Eagles, and I root for the Jets, so not exactly ideal, but – a uh, great guy, great mustache, and he deserves a shout out too.
0: Gardner Minshew right. is phenomenal. Well, look at th- this—you are a master of timing your reintroduction perfectly.
1: <laughs> yep. You know, I, I can sense when I need to be back. My computer may be a piece of garbage, but at least it cares about me. I guess. Um, I, dude, I. Oh God, Gardner Minshew. The fact that he's not lying right now is just a testament to everything <laughs> wrong with our organization. But I guess I'll spotlight... I I worked this Sunday, so I unfortunately do not get to watch the games, which made me very sad, but I did watch the Thursday night game. Mm. So I guess I'll spotlight that game, even though it wasn't a very good game. Um, Well, Taysom Hill started, finally, and then threw four interceptions. So that was good. But hey, uh, he also, like... Possibly broke his finger like during the game. Maybe that was partially responsible for some of the interceptions. Um, at least he he ran the ball, which was fun. You know that was better than Trevor Simeon, who didn't run the ball. Wasn't he's Taysom Hill is 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 fun bad, and and Trevor Simeon is sad bad. So you know we always root for we're we're a big proponent of fun bad on this show. So I think I'm I'm. Speaking for all of us, so we say that we prefer Taysom Hill to start over Trevor, Trevor Simeon.
0: Um, no, I agree with you, Colin, there, but you're forgetting there's another quarterback on the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, Jameis Winston was like the good. first, there, the there, first there. fun bad guy.
0: I, I say again, yeah. there's another quarterback on the New Orleans Saints, one that I am We're quoted born. as saying yeah. at no point in his college career did I ever look at him and be like, hey, that's an NFL quarterback. Throw that yeah. guy in there and see what happens. Dude, I don't think it'll no. be good, but it would be really funny. So
1: I would be predicting like Nathan Peterman yeah. type of performance. I think that's what we would see from Ian Book. Like a Nathan Peterman that could run like a little bit better. Well, no, no
0: It's not going to be Nathan Peterman because he's not going to throw the ball down the field. It's that's true. not the Ian Book way. Ian Book will run for like six yards on a third and five, and that'll be his best play in the NFL. Again, great at Notre Dame. Really love what he did for Notre Dame, but I was stunned when they took him in the fourth round.
1: Dude, that was unbelievable. Like, I didn't think he was, like, a, like, I don't think he's an NFL backup. No. It was just, just crazy. Like, I don't even know, like, his, like, absolute ceiling, like, maybe, possibly, like, maybe, maybe at one point will he be Mike Glennon, and that's, like, it. That's, like, the the premiere. But hey, Deontay Harris is fun too. You know, good good for Deontay Harris. He's cool. Big big fan of Deontay Harris. Um, Cowboys look solid. The Saints are are struggling. Taysom Hill did not inject the life into them that they needed. But hopefully his finger injury isn't too severe, and he puts it together with uh, another week of practice. And hopefully he is he's he hopefully he's not too hurt because I really don't want Trevor Simeon back.
0: I agree with that. We're going to move into something we don't usually talk too much about. Actually, on the last show, we talked about Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, but there has been so much more that has happened in the world of college football. We're coming off of a conference championship weekend. Um Every game here, sorry Pac-12, but it's the Pac-12 really just hasn't been that interesting this year, except for you know, Oregon getting their doors blown off by Utah twice at the end of the year. But that's pretty much it for the Pac-12. So starting with the SEC championship here, hand up for me. I'm guilty of it. I thought Alabama's offensive line was bad. I thought Georgia was going to roast them on defense and not even need to score that many points. I was wrong. Very, very wrong.
1: A lot of people were very – freezing cold takes had a bit of a field day after after that game with all the Georgia. Some people were very, very adamant that Georgia's generational defense and Alabama not – they're just going to get fucking ripped apart. It did not happen that way.
2: I just love so. the, uh, the narrative that – Nick Saban assistants, they don't stand a chance.
0: The streak was broken for the first time this year, but they're like 1-35 or something ridiculous like that. Like, it's absolutely insane what he's been able to do in general, but also against his former assistants.
1: It's it's wild how good Alabama is. They're just like – I mean, they were just – being, I guess, not favored, it was like the first time that they hadn't been favored in a game, and like what something ridiculous, like four, like four years or something. I don't know. It was something crazy like that that I saw. I want to find the stat.
0: Yeah, and then after, not that it was a bad start to the season, but at first it was like, oh, you know, maybe they won't have you know the elite quarterback play they had over the past few years. I don't know Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman. Whether, you know, people think that he deserves it or not, he is going to win the Heisman. And uh, they have probably the best defensive, all right, not the best defensive player in college football, but the best season going on in college football with Will Anderson, who has 30-plus tackles for loss, which doesn't even sound real. They get a receiver that transfers from Ohio State, which he couldn't get enough playing time there, which is absolutely insane. And Jamison Williams, who is one of the best receivers in college football, hint, hint, Get him, Cleveland. Please, for the love of God, draft somebody or somebody like him. And then they lose John Mechie and don't lose a beat. They're just incredible. They're the number one seed in the college football playoff again. They're probably going to win another national championship.
1: What can you say?
2: How did this happen? I'm so surprised.
1: It's crazy. I mean, well, so, okay, I found the stat. So, the last time – Alabama was not favored, was October 3rd, 2015, against Georgia. And Bama won 38-10. And the last time before that they were not favored was 2009. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, they have been not favored Stop. twice <laughs> since 2009. <laughs> That's insane. I, dude. Just ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. God, that, that, God dude. Wow. Yeah. And I, I that's the thing, dude. Like, I really – like, I'm more partial to Alabama than most people because I, I like Nick Saban, and my, my dad's, like, a half Alabama fan. So, I grew up, like, at least somewhat support – like, rooting for Alabama when I saw them on TV, but
2: – I feel like, Colin, as, like, a, someone who's visited Alabama several times, you're allowed to do that. You've got – Yeah, like,
1: that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to say I'm an Alabama fan, but I, I – I have more of a connection to the school than than a lot of people do. But um I really don't want them to win. I really would prefer if someone else won and this is coming from a pretty anti-Michigan guy, but
0: it's fun to say that transitions right into the Big 10 championship there.
1: Yeah. Jim
0: Harbaugh Dude, didn't choke I,
1: it away and they did it. He did not choke it away. I did get to watch the I, I actually got to watch the college games cuz I did have Saturday off. Early. I, had Saturday, I, pl- I worked Saturday morning, but I had Saturday night off, so I got to watch the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Dude, Michigan looks better than I've seen them in my entire life. It's not particularly close. Um, they, I actually do think that hope they might be able to give somebody a run for their money. I think they could play Alabama or Georgia pretty tight. Um, so I hope – I hope that they to beat Georgia, at least get to get to go to the national championship. Aiden Hutchinson deserves to, if not win the Heisman, be the runner-up, in my opinion. Um, he's a monster. And they're, like, the way that, what they did to Ohio State in the trenches, I know people have just said this about Georgia, but if anyone can really make Bryce Young Nervous. I think it would be it would be Aiden and David Ojabo. So David Ojabo on the other side there too makes them dynamic, unbelievable, unbelievable. The defensive line talent on Michigan right now.
0: Yeah, this game really wasn't ever close. They just went wire no. to wire. I, yeah. they pound pounded them. I sent I sent a text to my friend while watching this game, saying that every time that the iowa quarterback uncorks a deep ball i'm never less confident that it's going to be caught than when he does it
1: dude he is such a like (laughs) ridiculous like i hate iowa so much they're just like so (laughs) their their offense is so ridiculously bad and they always beat michigan state when i was growing up it was like michigan state would always be having a great year they would play iowa and they would lose in like a disgusting football game
0: and then Iowa raises up yeah. really high in the rankings, and they're like, oh, wasn't that bad of a loss? And then they lose to, like, Illinois the next week by yeah. three. And
1: then they just don't win, like, the rest of the year, and they actually – we realize that they suck, but they can occasionally beat really good teams because they play a stupid style of football. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's – they're a ridiculous team. the quarterback just heaves it down the field. It's underthrown. It's overthrown. To nobody, yeah. It's never on target. No. God, Spencer Petrus, dude. Yeah, Spencer. That's his name. yes. Spencer Petrus. I feel like it's just, now like just a terrible
1: quarterback name. You just look at him, and you are like, this dude will never amount to anything in football. I, which is kind of unfair to say, because he is a college quarterback for a Big Ten team, but he's just like just so depressing to watch play football.
0: Yeah, that's 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 all we got on on Iowa. There, that's
1: yeah. that's enough Iowa talk for the show.
0: <laughs> Big yeah. 12 championship. Oh, man. Oklahoma State-Baylor. Oklahoma State, I, I don't think it's a secret. If they win this game, they're in the playoff and Cincinnati gets booted out. Um, how close were they to winning this game? A, a centimeter? Yeah, piece of paper. Oh, my God. They had first and goal from either the one or the two-yard line, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. The final play, I thought it was a walk-in touchdown. I don't know about you guys, but when that when he broke to the outside, I'm like, oh, there you go. Oklahoma State's gonna win and go to the playoff. But I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I think it's Jaron McVeigh, number 42 on Baylor, made one of the greatest defensive plays like in that spot, like to win a game and win a conference championship. Just an unbelievable clutch play by him chasing down the Oklahoma State running back tackling him just before he got into the end zone. Baylor wins the Big 12. They keep their coach. Dave Aranda was a hot name in the college. I mean, at this point, who even knows what the um, college football coaches because they just seem to change teams whenever they want to. But, man, what a great win for Baylor. Heartbreak for Oklahoma State. And, uh, yeah, no Oklahoma in the championship game, but still an entertaining game.
1: Yeah, that was it. Was a good game. Hey. Baylor looks really good. I hope to see them, maybe, be be start off a little hotter and and be able to have more of a shot at the playoff. One of these next couple of years.
0: Yep, they'll play in the New Year's Six Bowl. So not a bad consolation prize at the end of the season, but yeah, maybe next year for them in the playoff. Who knows. Uh, ACC championship, I didn't actually watch this game, but I. we have to talk about the play, right?
1: Yeah, what's your guys' opinion on it? It's awesome.
0: I love it. I don't care that it's bad for quarterbacks. No, he did a fake slide and he scored a touchdown. I've never seen a fake slide before. You've seen fake punts fake field goals i've seen a fake kneel down we've seen the fake spike before i've seen players fake like a ball was incomplete but it was actually a backwards pass that was bounced on the ground to the receiver i have never seen a fake slide before and he pulled it off in an acc championship game i love it
2: i just so i agree sorry colin i can't believe how smooth it was like it was incredibly smooth. I don't know how you do. It. If I try to do that, my knees either like give out or I uh, faceplant. Like how? Yeah, it's
1: physically doesn't really make sense. though I can't, I watched it like twenty times and I just couldn't <laughs> picture it. Like in my like physically, I don't know, man. Um, I do agree though that like it's kind of. I don't know what I'm supposed to do if you're a defender in that situation because if he does go down you hit him and you get a penalty, but then he doesn't go down and then you're, like, kind of screwed. But, so, you know what, next time he does slide and he gets popped at the end of it, I think you kind of have to let it go. Like with Lamar where he, like, kind of fakes going out of bounds and then, like, cuts up field. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of, like, you need to get, like, if that's going to happen, then they got to be a little looser on, on letting you get hit at the end of the play. But... Nothing crazy, obviously, but you know, but it was an awesome play, and I love Kenny Pickett, so I hope that the Lions look into him. Say Detroit for Kenny Pickett, Uh, dude. Anyone, anyone, bro. But I would like Kenny Pickett's cool. He's he's solid. He's old, but he's like he's good, good player.
0: Yeah, I mean, late risers. I mean, it's only one example, but Joe Burrow was a late riser.
1: Yeah, Penny does have it. tiny hands though, so actually I gotta oh, I gotta take him off the oh, draft list. Cool. Yeah, he, he won't be able to hold the ball in the cold weather. So yeah, of course, cold weather of the dome, cold weather in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, Dude, it'll be really bad. Trust me. Yeah.
0: How big are Jared Goss hands?
1: Uh, tiny. Also, which is why he's so bad. That's, that makes sense. Yeah, we already made a mistake of having one tiny handed quarterback. Can't yeah, another one. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather have I'd rather have like Tim Boyle playing quarterback. He's got huge hands. He has got huge hands.
0: Wow, what a guy! That's why he was picked up despite not playing well at both Eastern <laughs> Kentucky and Yukon.
1: Yeah, dude, that is crazy. when I mean, you Look at his college stats; they're just really
0: bad. <laughs> How did it happen? How did he get here?
1: I love it. I don't know, man. Yeah, but then he was actually like I mean, he was. Good in the preseason. Preseason all stars, yeah. Which is nothing. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta whatever. love it. Um, just a, a... I know we talked about it last week, but the coaching carousel has continued to be insane. Dude. Crazy, bro. Crystal Wild. Yeah, Do you, you want to talk about that for a minute there? Like, I'm not too familiar, I guess, with... I, I guess I haven't been tuned into Oregon for the past couple of years, or Miami, they paid a lot of money to buy their coach out and to get a new coach. Was
1: that the deal? Yes. Yeah. So, like, they didn't know what to do with him because everyone in the – apparently everyone in the college, like, disagreed. Um, but they just didn't know what to do. And then I guess they found out they could get Cristobal because he's, like, a Miami guy, came from Miami. He's a huge, like, proponent of the organization. So they decided to go get him, and they needed to like buy out the other guy. And then apparently, like a lot of the money just like came from their hospital. So I don't know what's gonna happen there, but I, actually, I feel like I read that somewhere. That's just like I the hospital that. is like subsidizing the coach buyout. She's like kind of messed up, but I don't know why. I mean, like because I didn't really think that they would get Cristobal. Like a bunch of the guys for the past few years are like, "Oh, like there's no chance. Why would he leave Oregon? He's got like a cushy job." But I guess Miami money and his own connections outweighed the 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 job at Oregon being objectively a better job right now
0: yeah that's the crazy story I feel like the attention and rightfully so because it's still an ongoing situation into the whole oh Texas is back haha ha, no they're not thing you can kind of lump Miami into that same category of that historic program that just hasn't been able to recapture their previous success and have gone through coach after coach, but just can't seem to get it together.
1: That's exactly what they are. Yeah. They really have not been able to put it together in quite a long time.
0: Yeah. And then just one last note here. We talked about, you know, uh, Brian Kelly moving on to LSU. We'll have more on him in a later segment, but Notre Dame promotes defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman um, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but the Notre Dame strength coach like told all the players that they had to work out, but instead they had Marcus Freeman walk in and like introduce him as the head coach for the first time. Oh my god, it was such a good video.
2: The Finn, players
0: I, love I've, him.
2: I've wanted to bring that up when you mentioned the coaching carousel. That could be like one of the coolest videos I've ever seen. Like if if I'm a high school kid thinking about going anywhere, I'm like. I want to go there. Like, look at how they feel about that guy. And, obviously, he's popular. They. When do you see a team, like, forget any sport, professional college, like, actually make a good hire? Like, where people are, like, excited about it? I don't know. It doesn't happen very often. It was very, very cool to see. And, yeah, heck of a – I don't know. Heck of a – maybe – is Brian Kelly, like, the savior of Notre Dame football? He brings them back from the dead and then leaves and just – sends them to new heights. I don't know. Maybe
0: he might be. I mean, I, I like I know you guys got my reaction last week, where like I wasn't that distraught over the Brian Kelly situation. Cause I never really liked the guy that much. I love, I didn't really know anything about Marcus Freeman except that he was like the name on the sheet for defensive coordinator until like three days ago. But now I love him and I want to run through a brick wall for him after watching the video and also his uh, introductory speech to the team. Looks like a home run hire. Very excited for the future of Notre Dame football. They're going to play in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. So we'll see how that goes. That could be a good starting point for the Marcus Freeman era. And then one more hire. Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley leaves, surprisingly. A name that I never thought was going to end up being a head coach because he's just been the hot name in coaching for so long. Brent Venables finally leaves clemson and he gets the oklahoma job i don't know if you guys have a reaction to that there he apparently was a coach at oklahoma before which i didn't know so this makes sense but
1: yeah i mean like it's gonna lincoln riley has some pretty is some pretty big shoes to fill but i feel like this he's been hyped up for a while so hopefully hopefully he's got the the stones for it but i just want to make i want to clarify finn so you're mm-hmm. saying that you don't think that the players have like you know the 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 lifelong personal connection to to Brian Kelly? He's not like their like mentor, friend, father figure. Um,
0: <laughs> I think that the players on Notre Dame don't believe that them themselves and Brian Kelly are a family. So. <laughs>
1: With a fake southern accent. Yeah,
0: that's I mean I and he just, I'll talk about it dude. more. That's the Lil Weedle of the Year. Oh, dude, Brian yeah, Kelly's sure. fake Brian Southern Kelly accent. Is a
1: ridiculous <laughs> human being. God. Oh
0: my god. I'm like I'm honestly happy that this happened. I mean, we haven't even seen yeah. Marcus Freeman coach a game yet. But yeah. he's really I, I never
1: cool. personally enjoyed Brian Kelly that much either.
0: Yeah. Man. What a time. What a time in college football. All right, some quick college football playoff predictions. We have Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan, Georgia. Shout out to Cincinnati for getting in.
1: I would love for uh, – like, I don't know. I would give a lot for Cincinnati and Michigan to both win. That would be awesome for the game. Even though like it won't happen, but I Cincinnati at least and it's unfair to them that this is gonna be like a referendum on group of five teams in the playoff, but they really, really would do well to give give Alabama a, a somewhat reasonable game. Um I don't know. I hope I hope that they do, but I don't know if they will, to be honest with you. They think Alabama might beat them by forty.
0: Yeah, I started to think that Cincinnati might give them a game because I'm like, oh, they have awesome DBs, one of whom is named Sauce Gardner, which is a great name. They have a good pass rusher in my Sanders. But then I'm like, wait, I just convinced myself last week that Georgia, which has even better players than Cincinnati, was going to destroy them, and then they got destroyed. So I really don't think Cincinnati's going to win. It's cool that they got in, but –
1: Yeah, this might be like Michigan State versus Alabama playoff vibes. Unfortunately, yeah, but Notre Dame, Alabama. Yeah, any really any of the four seeds that play Alabama, unless you're Ohio playoff. State. Unless you're Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This 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 might be an ugly game, to be honest with you.
0: And then um, I I know it, it's it's pretty chalk. I I think Georgia beats Michigan as well. Um, Michigan's offense, I don't think is tailored to do to beat Georgia in the way that Alabama beat Georgia, which was through the air. I don't know if Michigan's going to be throwing the ball deep on people unless I know they had that crazy halfback pass. But uh, yeah, I see this being Alabama Georgia, and uh, I can't go against Saban. I know it's boring, but that, that's that's going to be my pick.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to go I'm going to go Michigan. I'm going to go Michigan. Um I don't know if it's like the, if I was putting money on it, I I wouldn't put money on Michigan. However, um I will say that Michigan is a really really good team that's playing really really well right now and they're really really hot. If Michigan can score, I think this game looks a lot better for them because I think that a higher-scoring game is going to favor Michigan because I've seen more from Michigan's offense in spurts than I've seen from Georgia's offense. If Georgia scores on Michigan, like if if this game stays low-scoring, I think that Georgia's probably going to beat them. But if Hutchinson and Ojabo, because Michigan has been just absolutely dominating the trenches these last couple games, if they can do that to Georgia, which is a big F, but if they can, this they I think they have they can they they might be able to have what it takes. Kaye's going to have to play really well, which I mean he'll have to play like he played against Michigan State without the mistakes. He won't like they won't have that room for error. But I do think that Michigan is playing really – they look like a different – ever since that, like, that Ohio State game was one of the best games I've ever seen from a non – probably – and I've seen a lot of Michigan State football, and I'm pretty biased towards them. It might be the best game I've ever seen from a non-Ohio State Big Ten team. They, like, absolutely rolled Ohio State, who has shown that they could play with Alabama. So I I do think that this – Hopefully it will be a close game in a way that I'm not very confident about with Cincinnati and Alabama. I hope Michigan can pull it out, but I don't know. But I'll go Michigan. Going out on a limb there.
0: Very nice. Yeah.
1: I'll go Michigan and get over Alabama too.
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: But, and even if this does happen, like I'm going to be happy for like three seconds and then very, very sad for the next ten years of my life. Oh, my God. Would I have to hear about it from every single Michigan fan that I know forever? But as of right now, I just I want a non Ohio State Big Ten team to win the national title. It looks like Michigan, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Sean, do you have a uh... well? And then yeah, we. Oh, I'm sorry. We can say Michigan State beat the national champion, so that would be. I oh, love it. That
2: that's my okay. favorite. Anytime, so, anytime. Buy the transit
1: property. Oh
2: yeah.
0: Throw Sorry, that we... phrase, and you get to touch the ball every play just into a dumpster and launch it into the sun. Classic. <laughs> Classic
1: anyway. get to touch the ball every play.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, Sean, do you have any uh, bold predictions for the playoff?
2: Yeah, I think Notre is going to sneak. Yes. And they're going to win the Fiesta Bowl by so much that they're going to reschedule the game, and uh, Marcus Freeman is going to win the national Now, um. I'm like Colin here. I just don't want to see another Alabama, like, butt-kicking. Uh, but I don't really see a lot of stopping it, to be honest, especially how they manhandled Georgia. Um, seeing Michigan play well would be kind of cool. They're a team that has not made it there before, who's not really been that good. Like, they're a big name, but they've never been that good. So pump are the little guys here. Uh, we're big, big, big anti-SEC football. Um yeah, uh, Cincinnati doesn't have a chance, but it would be nice to see that happen. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll word for Michigan-Cincinnati and uh, hopefully give me an entertaining game. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get a surprise. Like the, uh, the Joe Burrow, like, 45-point win or the seven touchdowns in the first half. we like, oh, this would be a good game. And If it's going to be a bad game, give me a lopsided one for the underdog
0: there we go good stuff all around there all right we're gonna move into dysfunctional team commentary i will say the patriots did end up closing out this game they won 14 to 10 uh i i think mac jones maybe threw a total of three passes anyway though i get to sit sit back and relax during this one because the browns are on the bye so you guys take it away
2: Uh Colin, you gotta win. So this is not a lot of dysfunction here, so do you wanna do you wanna talk happily?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, the Lions won. Pretty exciting. Last second play to get a dub. You know, I'm I'm about as happy with that as, as you can be when your team is, is where it is. Um But hey, you know what? I, I'm on Saint Roy- I'm on route St. Brown. Had a great game. Um, the Vikings tried to give it to us a lot. and We tried to give it back, but we ended up taking it in the end. I'm happy with how happy the team was. And uh, the Dan Campbell quotes from, from the end of the game were pretty electric. Uh, I got to find the exact wording here. But... It seems like at least the players are still behind Campbell, and Campbell's still fired up. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm about as, as happy as you can be with the team playing the way it is, but you know what? Dan Campbell still gives me some hope, kind of. So that's good. And it was good to see the Lions win a game. That's, that's really, you know, that's all. All I got to say about that.
0: Yeah, they finally pulled it off. Sitting at 110 and 1. Now, Colin, I gotta ask, about that celebration there. Obviously, I was, you know, thrilled when that play happened, you know, walk-off touchdown as game expires. As the game expires. After throwing the pass, Goff immediately ran over to Dan Campbell. In the back of my head, I'm like, I know Colin. Obviously, we were working during the time, but um, like, Colin's really happy with the win. But seeing Jared Goff like smiling next to Dan Campbell must make him feel so conflicted. What What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, you know, I'm just happy that that in Jared's last last couple games as an NFL starter, that he gets to you know have a good a good a good experience. Before he becomes the third string quarterback behind both Kenny Pickett and Bailey Zappi for the Lions. Wait, wait, so Um,
0: you're a ba- Bailey Zappi is the new Colin quarterback this year.
1: No, I'm just 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 anyone, any single person.
2: Just literally one um, person, not named Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though Goff had a good game, admittedly. Um. I found the quote from Dan Campbell that this was pretty awesome. Dan Campbell on what he said to Goff after the game winner. The quote, that's the way to throw it when we needed it, motherfucker. That is exactly what I said. <laughs> Which, you know what? I, I just love Dan Campbell attitude, man. And then I saw a chart another day of the teams that go for it like the most statistically when – they are, like, advantaged. Like, it's, like, like, they make the most correct fourth down decisions. The Lions are number one in football, which I guess these last two things are making up for the the playing off coverage against the Bears to lose the game. But
2: and you know what? As this-
1: Yeah, I just – Jared Goff at this point is, like, a, I feel so bad for – I mean, I don't feel bad for him because I hate him, but he's, like, a charity case. Like, his time in the NFL is limited, so I hope he has fun while he lasts.
2: Anyway, Finn, as a statistics major, what's the saying about statistics?
0: The saying about statistics?
2: Yep. The one that Colin just found a stat up for the Lions, who are, what, one in nine now? That they're the best in football?
0: I don't know if you're looking for something specific here, but. Yeah, I was looking I mean, for the
2: generic, like, that you can use statistics to prove absolutely anything.
0: I That actually was what I was thinking. Oh I should have said it. Bummer. Ah,
2: come on, man. I set you up.
0: I should have said it.
2: Dang.
0: Next You're
1: time
2: right though. Yeah. Next time I'll I'll say something a little more complex and I'll text you on mm. the side so the, the loyal listeners think.
1: Yeah, like did you guys like eighty three percent of statistics are all are made up. Did you know that? That's the Barney Stinson, eighty three percent. Yeah. It's a classic right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I just yeah, I can't wait till we draft a different quarterback. Which we need ASAP, but hey, good good stuff for the Lions. Going to win sometimes. I have a little bit of hope for them.
2: Every once in a while, um, yeah.
1: We had, so we had a guy that came into the bar after the win who like works for the Lions, and I felt bad dude because people were still just fucking mercilessly shitting on the Lions right in front of this dude. Just got like a Lions pin on like a suit, and he just came from the game. felt felt pretty bad. I was I was vibing with him though. He's a cool guy. Nice.
2: Yeah. Alright, um, that was very happy, Colin. Now uh now for some dysfunction. Um The Giants are not good at football. Uh Daniel Jones' neck is broken. And uh Saquon Barkley is the most overrated player in any sport ever. He is awful. Wow. Absolutely atrocious. Do not touch him with a ten foot pole and try to sign him. Uh they keep talking about targeting Kenny G and Kenny G just likes to drop the ball and then get hurt. And uh yeah. This team just is not good at all. Um defense is fine, like they'll they'll give you opportunities to win games, but you can't win a game scoring nine points and not win the ball at all. Granted, you're back quarterback playing, but you're playing the Dolphins. You're not playing the best team in the world here. Um you should not have Mike Glennon throwing the ball 44 times. 44. When you have Saquon Barkley in your team. But Saquon Barkley is abysmal, so I'd rather see Devin Booker, my guy, the Suns guy, every single time running the ball. Um, yeah, not a ton to say here. Uh, Julian Love got some more FaceTime and Love on TV. Always love to see that. Um, Tay Crowder gets a lot of tackles and Graham Gano missed another field goal. Uh, bad season for the boys. Um, this is the time we start to root for losing, and they'll finish probably this year 7-10, or whatever it is where you, you pick in the middle, you get a weird weird guy. and I don't know, just depressing. When are, the, when are these guys going to change? Next year will be 10 years since the uh, last Super Bowl. Something needs to change. Who Knows what that might be, all right. I think, I think it starts, starts with the guy that first name might be begin with a D and end with Ave.
0: <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Yeah, it's uh, it's not been the greatest tenure there so far for him.
2: No, and like I, I kind of like Joe Judge, but like I don't know, is he doing something wrong or <laughs> who knows.
0: Definitely a lot of things to think on for the New York Giants. All right, moving into our top fives here. I'm going to start it off here with something inspired by a thing that I never thought I would see in my life. Especially after he was cut by the Titans in a week. Adrian Peterson in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. Really weird. He scored a touchdown. Very inefficiently, though. I think he had 11 carries for 16 yards. And uh, after this signing was announced, this is a bonus little wheel here embedded in top fives. Uh, it's going to go to Ian Rappaport, NFL Network's rival to Adam Schefter. He tweeted out that the Seahawks signed Adrian Peterson, which is another sign that they are in win-now mode. As we all know, teams that are in win-now mode sign a 36-year-old running back. So who knows what the deal with that is. Anyway, after this Adrian Peterson signing, I found this thread on Twitter that had a bunch of players that you didn't know played for the Seahawks. And let me tell you, there are so many people on this list. It's absolutely insane. And they're also all like accompanied with photos of them in Seahawks colors, which is just bizarre to see. So I'm going to do the top five players that you didn't know played for the Seattle Seahawks. You guys might know some of them, but it's very surprising to see still hear all these names. So number five is somebody that never actually played in a regular season game with the Seahawks, but... I didn't know it, and I feel like it's worthy of being put on this list. Terrell Owens, Mr. That's My Quarterback, That's My Teammate, former Cowboy, former Eagle, former 49er. I even remember him playing for the Bengals for a little bit because everybody was like, oh my God, him and Ocho Cinco, it's going to be crazy. But they were both like 35. But apparently, he gave it another shot in 2012 and played for the Seahawks for a grand total of 20 days. So there you go. That's number five here. Number four, uh, you're going to sense the theme with these, that it's players in their last season playing for the Seahawks. So maybe that means AP is not his last season. Who knows? But number four is going to be a kicker drafted in the first round. Of course, I'm talking about Sebastian Janikowski. He played out his final season in Seattle in 2018 after a long career with the Raiders. Didn't know that. Number three, this is one that's really surprising for a number of reasons. We have Devin Hester, kick returner, punt returner, wide receiver, corner, should be a Hall of Famer, hopefully he gets in. He played in two games for Seattle, and in those two games, he ran a couple of uh, kickoffs back, 50-plus yards. Crazy thing about this. Both of those games were playoff games. He was signed right before Seattle's playoff run in 2016 played in two games for them, and had two really good returns. So there you go. Devin Hester, number three. Number two, this is the one that I guess was the most jarring seeing the picture of because, one, I didn't know it, and, two, this is one of those players that you just associate with one franchise, like they're almost synonymous with the franchise. We're uh, we're turning back the clock a little bit here. It's Franco Harris, former fullback for the Steelers, the Immaculate Reception, all that good stuff. He played eight games for them in his last year in the NFL. Really weird seeing him in a Seahawks uniform. And number one, I did already know this one, but it was really weird seeing him in the uniform. He only played 11 games for them, and you guessed it, it was in his final season. How about the greatest wide receiver of all time, Jerry Rice, ending his historic career in Which Seattle,
2: Seattle. Huh.
0: Jerry Rice was Ooh, a Seattle weird. Seahawk. He scored three touchdowns in 2004 for them. So that's the top five players that you didn't know played for the Seahawks because there were so many of them. I'm going to go rapid fire with five more: Braylon Edwards, Edgerin James, Connecticut legend Dwight Freeney, Ryan Leaf, and Eddie Lacy. There you go.
2: Finn, you brought up uh, Connecticut legend Freeney. What is the name of the dentist baseball player guy?
0: Oh, Jumping Jack
2: Jones? (laughs) There we go, Jumping (laughs) Jack Jones. Kids at home, if you don't know who Jumping Jack Jones is, look it up. All right, who's got something? I can go, Colin, or you can. Whatever you like.
1: like. Uh, you can go. I'm still getting mine together.
2: All right. Well, I was inspired by this weekend. I uh, decided to chef it up on Friday, as I, I do quite often. Um, and for the first time, I made mozzarella sticks. Now, I, I like – the. you know, everyone knows there's a difference between, like, good pizzeria mozzarella sticks or good Italian restaurant mozzarella sticks and like ones you can try to make on your own or the freezer ones or whatever you may call it. So we did some Googling, we found some recipes and, uh, I figured out that you need to like cut the cheese in advance, let it dry up a little bit. So like the coating sticks, then I went dipped it in water, then in cornstarch and a flour mixture. And then an egg, then in breadcrumb. And you got to make sure it's sealed all the way because there's one little hole. That cheese is exploding all over the place. But figure out how to make good mozzarella sticks. So we're going to go with the top five of appetizers, which is going to be tough because, like, I kind of feel like there are a lot of appetizers. And there's five spots. Um, coming in number five, because I feel like someone just always orders it, and I don't really know, like, why. Like, it's okay, but we can do better uh fried calamari um if they're the little ones that look like octopuses just throw them away those do not serve you on a plate but if they're like the little onion ring looking things like that's okay they taste good are they great no not really um but for some reason it's like the standard like oh yeah sure we'll get that i'm like why don't know um bold Bold. Yeah, you are calling it a challenger there. Coming in yeah. at number four. I'm with go Going with potato skins. Um, another classic. Uh, however, I feel like whenever you order potato skins, like you think you're going to get like 15, and it comes with like two. And you're sitting with six people, and there are two potato skins, and then you go to cut it, and the bacon gets caught on one side. And if you're that person, it's really tasty. But if you're not, it's going to be a little rough. Um, But always a solid snack as well. Coming in at number three. Now, note, there's a little bit of difference here. We're going with boneless wings. Now, I love myself some boneless wings. However, I think boning can be better and have more potential. Uh, I actually had some really good boneless wings this weekend. But uh, boneless wings can't go wrong. Easy to share. Easy to dip. There's not that whole fight when you have like regular wings that sometimes like a flat or a drumstick's a little bit bigger or a little bit crunchier, a little bit saucier. Usually it's more standard, more uniform, always really good. Uh, in terms of sauces, we go one, two, three, we go sweet chili, Buffalo, and then barbecue coming in at number two. I think it's number two. Number two, nachos. Um, they're just always amazing. Uh, I f- I found probably the best nachos I've ever had at the uh, Mexican restaurant by my by office and by my apartment Elvez, because the one problem when you order nachos is when they stack them high. As Greeks, you have a lot of nachos, but the coverage just is not there. You might get to the bottom, you get a bunch of dry chips, maybe a soggy chip. No, 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 that doesn't happen here. They serve their nachos spread out in like a garbage pan type platter, garbage pan, top of a garbage pail like a big circular thing. Yes. So the the chip to the topping ratio is one to one and they top them. They put them under like, I don't know the salamander or whatever. They dress them up. They put all the stuff on them. They come out, they look fantastic, aesthetically pleasing. They taste amazing. And every single chip has some amazing goodness on it. Can I remember,
0: I'm
2: sorry. They put them oh, yeah. under the what? Is that what it's called? The salamander, like the the toaster thingy. What?
0: I've never heard of this thing. I, I was I heard about I thought you were talking about Billy football for a second. I was like salamanders.
2: <laughs> yes, the the fire salamander <laughs> comes out and just spits on it. Oh, but,
0: I'll that up. continue.
2: Sorry. Um, I'm pretty sure a salamander is like back in my Food Network days. Like the, it's like a toaster, but like only the top. So if you want like melt cheese or something, you put it on. It's like a giant like blow torch but no torch is a really hot coil there's a salamander toaster i never knew about this the more you know, Finn. i just made yeah. your day uh, and coming in number one i think i hinted at this before but we're gonna go bone in wings and on the on top of this i'm gonna go bone in dry rub i feel like there's really nothing better than when you get a good crispy wing with some nice dry rub on it they're easy to eat they're fun they're fantastic, and you really can't go wrong. So that is my top five appetizers. Uh, honorable mentions. Um, I feel like there's a lot of stuff at Italian restaurants like hot any pasta, like a charcuterie board of types, all the meats, all the cheeses. Uh, cheese curds really should have been on there, but I kind of felt like that was a duplicate with mozzarella sticks. And uh, I do enjoy French onion soup, and I feel like that's also a common appetizer, but that's really not a shareable thing, so that didn't make the list either. But uh, what did I miss?
0: I got two for you here. First of all, I guess before I get into those, I was going to give you some problems about having bone-in and boneless wings, but then you said dry rub, and I'm all in with you right there. So no problem there. Two, you said cheese curds. Poutine is going to be my number one answer for appetizer. That is one of the greatest foods on the planet
2: see, I don't really think I've been in a territory where I can have poutine that I would call, like, authentic. So if we ever find ourselves in poutine poutine territory, it's like we're in Alabama, and I I felt obligated to order biscuits and gravy, and it was really good. But if I'm here, I will just not order biscuits and gravy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. But anyway, so that was one. And then number two, this may be a hot take here, but I think this would be perfect for, like, the number five spot. Also, I agree with you in your calamari take. Just like a nice Caesar salad is a great appetizer. Might be a hot take, but I I like it.
2: It, it is, and Finn, if you get at a place that, that when they make their own dressing, it's like a little mm-hmm. lemonier, a little smoother. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But I kind of feel like salad wasn't really a fun appetizer. It but does. That's you know, also- fair. Pizza can also be an appetizer, but it's also not an appetizer. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is what I thought about today when. I didn't eat from like 11 to 11. So there you go.
1: So, so wait. Okay. So my computer was cutting out. Can you quickly run me through just one more time? One through five. I heard bone in, uh, bone in with dry rub being one.
2: All right. We went bone in with dry rub is one. Nachos was two. Boneless was three. uh, Potato skins was four. Mozzarella sticks was five.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I mean yeah, charcuterie. Sorry. In my opinion, is, I I is gave, the ultimate. I
2: put calamari five. I didn't put mozzarella six on my list because I said I made them, and I don't know. It's so unfair. I got lost. Yeah, they're too
1: good. Yeah, I th- I think charcuterie is just for me. I mean, I think it's the premier, the premier appetizer, um, along with chips and salsa. I don't know. That was that also. Just chips and salt. I mean, so I guess nachos is like kind of like, but also like not. Like, you know, like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you see, like, unlimited chips and salsa, they can just eat, like, if, freaking pounds of it.
2: If they're warm, game changer.
1: Yeah. Like, buffalo chicken dip, spinach artichoke dip. Um, all absolute fire. Um, any kind of, like, flatbread. Like, nice little... We have a flatbread at the restaurant. Pretty elite, elite little appetizer. But, I mean... Charcuterie is just, in my opinion, the undisputed king of appetizers. Just elite in every single fashion.
0: I'm not all the way in with charcuterie; would have made my list. I don't think it would have been as high as it is on Collins, but definitely a strong,
1: strong contender right there. But grab, want... grab that Columbus sampler from Costco. <laughs> Uh, game game every
0: time i pass that in the store i think of i think of you every single time i'm like oh there's colin grabbing this massive thing of salami elite (laughs) the columbus like quad pack oh my god that thing is absurd anyway um thing about chips and salsa where it's like unlimited at the restaurant i almost consider that to be in like the same category as like bread at an Italian restaurant where it's not really an appetizer because they just keep giving it to you. Do you guys have thoughts on this?
1: Interesting.
2: My friends at home, Finn have a, a joke about free bread. Like they'll always go somewhere and sit like right at a pizzeria. They'll want to sit down and see you get free bread because bread warm in a restaurant just tastes better. So, uh, but yeah, I sort of agree with you. If it's like giving you, it doesn't count. Sort of like garlic knots sometimes too. I don't know.
1: Although I don't know, because like garlic, like I think bread with butter is a pretty common appetizer. You know, I, even if you don't pay for it, in some places. Like I think that in some times it can be an appetizer, and sometimes it's not. It just depends. But. But is it an appetizer know, yeah. or is
0: it just bread?
1: I think I think it. I think bread, like especially if you like do some like grill, if you grill it up a little bit, with some grill focaccia, some oil. You know, get some, I think I think that that can be considered an appetizer for sure.
2: Was that just the Colin Finn uh, Brian Kelly Southern accent? A
1: little grilled, a little grilled focaccia, You know, just just restaurant vibes. We're out here. Um, I don't know. I I, I I think chips and salsa is is definitely an appetizer. Bread bread is a little more on the border. I would agree, but I think chips and salsa yeah, is is no matter what for sure considered considered an appetizer also are uh, shrimp is shrimp not we're not we're not fans of shrimp in this in this uh establishment you got how we feel about, about you, you gotta be I'm specific. specific
2: i'm anti i'm anti sea creature I, but if they're fried and like have like some coconut on them they can play
1: well I think so we have the cold shrimp in like a red sauce which is like eh, nah. not my favorite bacon wrapped shrimp elite pretty good give me the
0: like the the coconut popcorn shrimp
1: yeah. That that's a good appetizer. Yeah, what's yeah, what's that? What's that other shrimp called? The like bang bang like bang shrimp. shrimp you can get like Asian. Yeah, that's right. That's the great thing great. I'm talking
0: about. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a really good appetizer.
1: Yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay, but I'm also just like calamari slander. For me, calamari is like high up there, especially like the tentacle ones. Oh my god, bro. Wow. So good. Huge tentacle guy. I, I just think of the time we went to Frankie
0: Fellini's and Brian's mom. Oh, and they got <laughs> accidentally ordered two Dude.
1: massive things of the
0: wrong calamari.
1: As soon as she did that, I was like, "That's not what, <laughs> that's not what she meant." But like, okay, I'm just gonna not say anything because because someone said like, or Mike said like, Lauren, like, that's not what you're ordering, and she's like, "No, it is. Like, I <laughs> I know what I'm ordering, and this is what it is." And we were like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna insert myself into this." Yeah, Sean. It was it was
0: non-fried calamari in like a spicy sauce. We actually,
1: I, I do like octopus, but just like it was not the vibe for sure.
2: Yeah, pretty similarly. Uh, we make fun of my grandpa, who's uh, definitely a definitely carnivore. <laughs> he uh, he, if he sees like steak or anything on a menu, he'll just order it. And we're at like a like an Asian fusion place, and he ordered steak tartare did not oh, know what it was and it just came like a pile <laughs> of red stuff and he was like i didn't order this and you did Is like no i didn't he like, refused to acknowledge it it was so funny it's like what do you mean put that thing back in the girl then i ordered it but i did not order this that's funny that's pretty funny all right Colin, what do we have for a,
0: for a top five
1: for top five um I guess in in honor of the Lions being, getting a win, um, I'll go with Lions players that that I'm excited for in the future, currently on the team. Um, So this is going to be hard because there's not a lot of them. (laughs) But I will try my absolute best. Um so number five, this is gonna be kind of cheap because he's injured, but I will just like he would be definitely like probably number one if he wasn't injured, but I'll just go Frank Rag now. Guy's a monster. Um hopefully he comes back strong next year. Wishing the best for him in his recovery. Um I'm gonna go with Jerry Jacobs at At number four, um, UDFA corner, who has been a starter for us, and he's actually like a pretty good player, um, especially like at a position that's very difficult to play in the NFL as a young guy. Um, he's been awesome. He's got like a 65 PFF grade which like isn't unbelievable but considering it's his first year in the league and he was a UDFA definitely can't can't hate on it and he's only allowed one touchdown this entire season so you know what he was he was a good player at Arkansas but um, he he actually started out at Arkansas State. Fun fact, but he's a he's a he's a fighter. He's got some Detroit classic Motown grit in him. So big fan of Jerry Jacobs. And then I'll go with uh, Levi Levi Omuzierki at number three. He actually played pretty well. He played the most snaps he's played all season in this in this first game, or in this game against the uh, against the Vikings. Got a ton of explosiveness. He's pretty good pass rusher um, but he's he's someone I'm very excited for especially considering his uh, his whole draft quash, his whole draft process quotes with all the f- bombs big fan um, number two I guess I'm gonna go with uh, DeAndre Swift kind of lazy but he's he's pretty good player. Even though he's not as good as like some lion, some Lions fans like just love DeAndre Swift like he's like their long lost father or something. But you know what? I, I'm I'm a DeAndre Swift fan. He's he's been pretty good. He's he been running with some power this season, which I like. Bowling over some dudes, which is good. Good to see. And then number one, I'm gonna go Tracy Walker. The guy's just awesome, bro. Whenever he's not playing in like a completely dysfunctional Matt Patricia defense, he's actually a really good player. So I'm very excited for Tracy Walker to hopefully be a damn good free safety for a long time in the NFL. It's
0: good to be excited about things. There we go. Yes. Nice
1: yeah. Listen. You know what? Figured why it might, might as well do some positive, positive. positive thoughts.
2: Positive thoughts yeah. for Colin Finn. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Nice. All right. We're going to move into. I guess they, they always bleed into each other, so why not do them together? We're just going to call it Lil Weedles. If you had bullets and more material, you could throw it in here too. But just our, the, the dumping of our <laughs> Twitter likes and screenshots on our phones from the past week of stuff that we thought was funny. How about we call it that? No. But I'm going to save the big one for last because I, I just have to. I'm going to do a couple of quick ones here before I go into that. Uh, first one is going to be the Arkansas Pine Bluff basketball head coach. Apparently, I don't know what the score was or what happened right before this, but this coach, again, of an NCAA Division I college basketball team, called a timeout and made his players run baseline to baseline in the middle of the game. He called a timeout to make them do that. Did no, I have no idea what ended up happening in this game. I probably shouldn't get into that. But <laughs> No matter the score or what happened in the game here, tiring out your players in the middle of the game and wasting a time out to do so is a ridiculous way to make a point. So little weedle there. Number two is gonna go to the Frisco Football Classic. This is a new bowl game that was invented for just this year because too many teams won six games. It's going to be North Texas, the Mean Green, notable Villanova basketball opponent, taking on Miami of Ohio. Um, This is the only time this game is going to be played. It was invented five days ago. Why are we calling it a classic? It's going to be a classic. Uh, Maybe it is maybe it I is i got a yes and now the the thing we're just waiting to talk about here guys brian kelly 100 million dollars in the bank and he starts talking different why what is he doing do do, do we have an explanation i mean the, the easy explanation here is getting paid a ton of money but like you already got the money brian
1: <laughs> why'd you do it <laughs> It's just because he's so, he's so passionate, Finn. That's why. Oh God, I'm like, I'm honestly happy that
0: he's not the coach anymore. I did not think that that was going to be the case. Like, I didn't think he was ever going to leave. First of all, but this man got in front of tens of thousands of LSU fans at their basketball game and started giving his first speech as head coach of LSU and did it in a fake Southern accent. Like, how did nobody see through it there?
2: Maybe. How nobody like, what? Maybe he had a fake, like, I don't know, non-Southern accent. Maybe it's been him all along.
0: This man is from Massachusetts. <laughs> he's only coached Northern teams. But he's here with his family. God. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, you Red no, come on. Car. It is a red car moment. It is definitely one of those. But, Colin, I think you'll like this. I saw a, um, a tweet where it was like Brian Kelly after one day at LSU and it was a picture of Buddy Garrity.
1: I love it. That is exactly what, what Brian Kelly is.
0: <laughs> Little beetle of the gear for me, Brian Kelly. Wow.
2: Um I definitely have a little weedle. I just can't remember what it is. And I'm scrolling through the pictures and uh we're not seeing any. So Colin, you have any, uh, got any uh on tap?
1: Um I'll I'll just I actually you know what? I didn't have a lot of Twitter screenshots today. Maybe the world was was behaving a little bit. Wow. But I will say actually you know what? I do have a the Chicago Bears are a little weedle. Um, they are on pace for less passing yards in 14 games than the 1960 AFL, Boston Patriots, and Buffalo Bills. No. Yes. Um, so, Bush Sangen made his NFL debut for the Boston Patriots that year at age 36 and will most likely have more yards than the Bears in 14 games.
0: Oh, what was that name?
1: Butch Sangen. Awesome. Butch Sangen jumped into the league at 36 and – was just slinging it, man. He was second in touchdowns, fourth in yards, with an eye-popping forty-seven percent completion percentage. Yes, so the Bears are really, really bad. Actually, I did. I, I'm, I'm kind of going through this a little bit. Uh, this guy. I don't know. Who, do you guys know who Brady Poppinga is? No. I don't know, but apparently he was some sort of guy who was saying something on ESPN. And this is a quote from him back in the day. I don't know how far back, I'm assuming it's draft process, but he said, Lamar Jackson is the poor man's Taysom Hill. It's not the other way around. That's what we have in Taysom. That's why the Saints aren't messing around. He will eventually be taken care of. So this actually had to be later. This had to be post when Lamar was a pro because we're talking about Taysom on the Saints. So that's uh you know good to hear for sure that that's pretty solid um, I also so I'll go just throw it back to a, a former Finn top five for throw it back to uh, Jeff banks as as a little Weedle, the Texas coach who are are now facing a lawsuit over the monkey biting oh incident as of pretty recently yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fox News just they released an article a few hours ago. Um, so Amy and Casey Clinkenbeard filed the lawsuit against Banks and Thomas in Travis County District Court. Um, the lawsuit says the child and his friends were taken to an area where the monkey was kept and told the animal gives out high fives, and then the <laughs> monkey just bit <flipped> the kid. <laughs>
0: Oh, this story is the gift that keeps on giving. Again, yeah. hope the kid is yeah. okay, but oh my god, it's so funny.
1: Yeah, apparently the boy was forced to manually pry the monkey's jaws open, oh my god. and then instead of trying to care for the child, Danielle Thomas was instead worried about the risk of her monkey being taken away. Danielle Thomas stated to the physician that the monkey had bitten her before, and she was fine, implying the monkey therefore did not have rabies.
2: Checks out to me.
0: But but Colin, the gate was clearly (laughs) marked with balloons and the Crayola marker sign that was saying, Do not touch, keep out, emotional support animal.
1: I mean, clearly, Finn, clearly the person from the Jerry Springer show, one of the pole assassins, is is very credible. Just ridiculous, if, ridiculous. If Brian
0: Kelly yeah. is Little Weedle of the year, that is story of the year.
1: It is story of the year, and they deserve to lose this lawsuit for sure. Like <laughs> if they don't lose this lawsuit, I will lose all of this in the American Court just Oh, Man,
0: wow. Thank you for. I didn't even know that this story came back <laughs> up. Thank you for bringing it back up.
1: Wow. You know what? I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we got to We got to say it. This that deserves just so much airtime, man. God.
2: Um, not really a little Weedle, but, uh, I haven't checked my phone in like quite a while and I've gotten quite a few videos of the Buffalo game and I'm appreciating now the wind in the the pregame when the Bills kicker is kicking a 29 yard field goal and it blows backwards and misses short. Yep. That, that's just a tough look for the kicker. Hate to see it. Um, and uh, my other little Weedle <clears throat> will be that I went out to dinner on Saturday night, and I was convinced not to order food, but to order another plate of nachos because they were that good. Is it a little Weedle? Maybe, but they're so good. Who's the little Weedle in that situation? I really want tacos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but the nachos are very good. So That's fair. No complaints from me, but – Little uh, little weird when you look at the bill the next day and you see you got some drinks and then a double order of nachos. Love it! Absolutely fantastic.
0: Good stuff. All right, if, it, if nobody has anything else, I think we're gonna move into game picks for Week 14. Are we still tied? <laughs> Two of us are tied. One of us had fallen off quite a bit this week. Two of us went ten and four. The third went five and nine. on, <laughs> what happened, man?
2: What's um, the deal? I haven't been doing as much research in my game picks. I've just been firing away. It's kind of what I did last year too. It kind of just really worked, but it's not not working this year. So uh, we'll just stick to the script here. We'll we'll keep it going.
0: Kyle and I are both 24 and 18 I had the lead going into tonight but it evened up after the result of the Patriots-Bills game Sean is five games back at 19 and 23 but things can change very quickly all right we are starting it off here with the Thursday night game Steelers at Vikings one team coming off a big win another coming off of a terrible loss
2: Um, the Steelers aren't good but if you guys pick the Steelers or you pick the Vikings I might pick the Steelers God, this <laughs> is the this problem
0: season. we've dug ourselves into where we just do this now we can't get out of it <sighs> see like I, I want to pick the Vikings but I just have an image of Kirk Cousins getting sacked by TJ Watt and it's so vivid that I can't shake it so I'm going to I'm going to pick the Steelers.
1: Who did Sean pick?
0: I don't think you picked anybody yet.
2: I I didn't. I I pulled the Colin and Finder last year just like talking a lot, and you don't actually pick, but now I'm going to go with the Vikings.
1: Ah, I'm also going to go with the Vikings.
2: Dang
0: There we go. Oh, God. uh, I didn't realize that's the second on the list. Ravens at Browns. Hmm pain i'm gonna the bye week sure that helps the browns let's pick them
2: yeah uh we'll go with the ravens
1: i'll go with the browns thanks man why welcome the ravens have just more injuries than any single team that i've ever seen in my life and they lost to the steelers who are not very good so we'll go browns coming off the bye
0: yeah, the the buy is the only thing that gives me any minor amount of hope that they might win this game. Uh, Jaguars at Titans. Titans. Yeah, the Titans.
2: Jaguars are not a thing. Sean didn't Really, really bad. Yeah, Titans.
0: Raiders at Chiefs. Chiefs seem to be back in full force. The Raiders are always capable of putting up a game against anybody. Game's
2: a Arrowhead though. Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs are very good. Saints at Jets. Saints. Who the hell is starting a quarterback for New Orleans?
1: I don't know, but it doesn't matter. The Jets are so bad.
2: Eh, I feel like the Jets will get a win to screw up their draft stock. Jets.
0: That's exactly what I was looking for. Saints. Thanks, Sean. All right. Cowboys <laughs> and dinosaurs. The, the, the dinosaurs are, have won four in a row. They're in the playoffs right dinosaurs now.
1: Dinosaurs are staying in, staying in the hunt here. the They're dinosaurs in it. Are playing some,
0: yeah. Not even. They're above in the hunt. Uh, that being said, I don't think they have the offense to keep up with Dallas.
1: No, I'll go Dallas as well.
2: Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. The Giants are out. We'll go Dallas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. There. Oh God, this game sucks. Falcons, Panthers. Yeah, this is a gross game. Falcons are not the Falcons. Sorry, the Panther. They're both in shambles essentially. But the Panthers yeah. fired Joe Brady. Why? Don't really see why that had to happen. But uh, I'm gonna go Falcons.
2: Um, I'll go Panthers. Falcons aren't good. The Panthers also aren't good, but I need to gain ground.
1: Sorry, say that again, Sean. Um, I'll just go Falcons. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I went. I went Panthers. For some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, like they should win this game, but I don't think they will.
0: Seahawks at Texans.
1: Seahawks. They, I, they actually, I didn't get to watch this game. Did Russell Wilson like look a little bit better? He looks better. Oh, guess how much tickets to this game are?
0: One United States dollar.
1: Yeah, basically. In football ticket terms, that is essentially what they are. They are $16. <laughs> Dude. If you only have. Sorry, $15. Wow. Uh, you only have, like, 16 games in a season and your tickets are selling for $15, so that's actually, like, that's horrible.
2: So n- yeah.
0: Never forget, Colin and I almost went to a Washington Dinosaur's Detroit Lions game for $3, I believe it was. That almost happened once.
1: Dude, that would have been awesome.
0: I don't even remember the result of that game, but we, we were, if my friend was in D.C. at the time, I think that was going to happen, so... Anyway, it,
1: in the past now dude you can sit like in the first row in the stadium for like 60
2: bucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um why am i pausing seahawks
1: it's gotta be seahawks yeah
2: yeah we'll go there seahawks
0: lions at broncos two in a row
1: Uh, no, Broncos. Broncos. Sean's
0: Giants going out west to play the Chargers.
2: Daniel Jones isn't playing. Saquon stinks. Chargers.
1: Char- with the old strategy Char-
2: is pick against them every week.
1: Char-, Char, Chargers. Fun fact, I think this is... The biggest, oh, just kidding. Besides Bears Packers, this is the second biggest line of the week with Chargers favored by ten and a half.
0: Yeah, Chargers. 49 ers Bengals. This is an interesting game.
1: This is a good game. Probably this is like a toss up according to Vegas. Um yeah, I don't I don't even know who to pick in this game, to be honest with you.
0: San Fran.
2: Chargers.
1: The Bengals have yeah, they've not looked good recently. I mean that's actually not true. They pounded the Steelers and the Raiders.
2: Uh, we'll and then Bengals. they got
1: pounded by the Browns and the Chargers.
2: We'll go Bengals.
1: They lost the Jets. But they pounded the Ravens. So I was looking through the Bengals games. What's wrong with them? Dude. Okay, yeah, let's let's dude, okay. The the freaking Bengals, man. So they play a great game of the Vikings against weak. Play a great game against the Vikings week one, win an OT. Lose to the Bears. Beat the Steelers by fourteen. Beat the Jaguars by three. Play a OT game. OT loss to the Packers. Pound the Lions. Pound the Ravens. Lose to the Jets. Pound the pound. Are they lose, lose to the Browns? Get pounded. Pound the Raiders. Pound the Steelers, and then get pounded by the Chargers. I, I don't understand the Bagels. So if they are going back and forth. And they just pounded, they just got pounded, which means they're going to pound the 49ers. So I'll go Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: pendulum of pounding. Uh, Sean made a pick in the middle of that. I I didn't hear it. What was it? Oh, sorry, Sean. Yeah,
2: I went (laughs) Bengals.
1: Okay. Too much logic. Bengals or the Bengals? I I, I always go Bengals.
0: Bengals? Family? Go Tigers. Family. Bills at Buccaneers. So that's actually
1: an interesting game. That is an interesting
2: game. I'll go Buck. Uh, I think the Bills need to get the dub. Why am I still getting emails,
1: <laughs> dude? Did someone for work email you just now?
2: A little noise.
1: Is it like a fire fire drill today or just
2: like normal? Like, uh, of unfortunately, yeah. No, it's not like bad. a fake. Uh, it was like most of my day was like some idiot in middle school pulled the fire alarm and like refused to tell anyone. So like, they think there's like something wrong with the school and they spend all day looking into it. And the kid at like, I don't know, six o'clock's like, ha, like it was me. Type of day we had. It's it. Yeah,
1: it's pretty tough. What game are we on?
0: (laughs) Buccaneers. Throw that out there.
1: (laughs) No graceful way to
0: get back into that. Uh, It's always good when your Sunday night football game has the second uh, biggest line of the week. It's Bears-Packers, guys. I don't want to watch that. Packers.
1: Yeah, it's a great game to have on Sunday night. Thanks, NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, Packers.
0: Rams at Cardinals. That's a good Monday night game. Rams-Cardinals. Good job. Oof. Cardinals can't keep going forever. Rams bounce back. That, that mean, I mean they won by thirty, but it was the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, I saw an interesting stat actually, where so people are like, because Stafford always has or he's had some collapses in the second half of the season. Like, oh, Stafford's getting figured out. But if you look at it in a different way, um. Where's this thing I'm looking at? Sean McVeigh, if you look at his splits from first and second half of the season, it's actually really, really surprising because you're like Sean McVeigh, he's a great coach. He always he doesn't get figured out. But if I can find this Well, I can't find it, so never mind. I won't even say it.
2: Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals. All
0: right, that wraps up our week 14 game picks. We will see who will win the coveted
1: ice cream Also, What's up? that is huge. The ice, cream, I'm, the ice cream sandwiches, it feels nice to, to take a lead on Sean Finn. Does. I know, right? The, back. the view's nice from up here. It is, it is. But I found this Rams offense under Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. Weeks one through eight, they are second in EPA or play per play weeks nine through 17 they are 19th oh isn't that crazy it's pretty crazy but like it seems like they have like a lot of this this issue a lot but then they got Stafford this year so it's getting more buzz huh but hey I hope Stafford bounces back I'm actually switching my pick to the Rams go Stafford (laughs) the last minute (laughs) switch yeah Alright,
0: there we go. Does anybody have anything else to add out there to the people before we send them off?
1: Going over fuck buddy buckets. Piece of shit.
2: Cole Sweater's going to have a tough time tomorrow. Yeah. Alright. Um, thank you to people for listening. I hope all the people are hoping that there are no fire drills tomorrow and I can escape to that square garden a lot of fun boys go cats go cats